Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Experience. I'm out of my car because uh, I'm not recording or doing things for the hey, thing I was going to do. Arky! That's that's a... Arky! I feel like... Uh, I've been waiting only... for you to call on me for a long time. Am I the only one hearing this? Arky! Like, there's something wrong with the mic, right? There's something... Arky! Is that my son? Is he talking already? <laughs> hey, Dad. <laughs> Yes, that is him. Hey, oh yeah, hi. It's uh, it's Dimitri Ravanos. There it uh, is, making his comeback. Uh, Dimitri is a good friend of mine. If you're not aware from our previous podcast adventures um, with Barrett Sports Media, he is uh, financially and gamefully employed and writes really good things. In fact, the reason I'm having him on a sport piece he just wrote. But first, Dimitri, hello, friend. This is the first hello, time we've recorded. Arky. It's the first time we've recorded something in a little while. I literally went out west and never came back. <laughs> we we stopped recording because I went on this vacation out in the uh, out in the the Rocky Mountains and in the desert and everything out there. And I think you texted me while I was out there, like, "Hey, when do you think you want to come back?" And I just texted you back, "I don't think I do." <laughs> yeah, this was in the summer. Yeah, so it's like, yeah. <laughs> all right, when do you think we should bring this to like three or four times a week, maybe every day? And you're like, I don't. I don't think ever. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so. look, I still love college football. It just sort of dawned on me, like, I think I've said all I feel like saying about college football for a while. Oh, and then your story happened, uh, and we're going to talk about that in yeah. uh, <laughs> one more second. But you're also getting tattoos and stuff, new I tattoos am. that are being put on your body. I am. Uh, is this a video, or is this just video this for is, you? This is just audio, so this is oh, video okay. for you, buddy. All right, so yeah, so uh, in the middle of doing a um, – like a half sleeve to look like, uh, you know, those old steamer trunks that used to have stickers of where you've traveled to on them. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what this is eventually going to look like. But the first one was just the Hawaii sticker. So I just had Hawaii on my bicep for a while. And I used to tell, depending on who I was talking to, when they would ask, oh, what's the deal with the tattoo? I would either tell them, depending on how well I knew them and knew their fandom, either I would say I'm the world's biggest um Excuse me. I am the world's biggest Colt McCoy fan, or I'm sorry, the, the world's biggest Colt Brennan fan. Or I would say uh, that I have a very, very specific fetish. <laughs> it's super specific. In fact, <laughs> you need to dig even deeper to know why that's a super specific fetish about Colt McCoy. That's so, <laughs> that's right. That's, that's right. I love looking back at his family vacation photos uh, from the one time they went to Hawaii. He really loves it. Oh, like beautiful. Dimitri really. Guys, I don't you don't understand? He really likes it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so let's get to the show itself. Uh, <laughs> you wrote an interesting piece, and I, I find it, and I had not considered this, but I yeah. think it's fascinating. Uh, on the recent dismissal of Ed Ogeron, and if people listen to uh, the podcast I had on Monday, you realize I'm, I, I wasn't happy, not with the fact that he was fired, but the way this is all going down. It's very <laughs> bizarre uh, sure. to how I think it's happening. But you had an idea for him 
And I think this is a really smart idea to consider for both sides. So I set it up that way so you can slam dunk this thing home. Uh, all right. Uh, if All right. So then if you are um, Chris Paul throwing the alley, I am going to be DeAndre uh, Ayton. I'm going to be DeAndre Ayton. But first, rather than just throw down the oop, I'm going to tip it up to really show off for the people. <laughs> That's right. It is it, like it, it would be foolish to think this dude is ever getting a college football head coaching job probably again like I, I i think that his head coaching days are done i also think he's demonstrated he's probably not the personality type that is going to go quietly back to being a head coach now or i'm sorry a, a coordinator now that he has a championship to his name right i think that's good i think that's uh, completely fair especially since for at least next year he can be a head coach right and i mean he's getting 17 million dollars to go away and i mean look this is the same with a lot of people like we we went through this talking about gus malzahn like there's offset language in all of these contracts right so why would you not make the group that just fired you give you every penny they owe you why would you even try going to get a new coaching job at this point like i i, I think i What's never Jeremy thought Drew is trying to do right now which is like <laughs> hey remember you should be paying me to let me go away and you're not. So. Yeah. I, listen, I never once thought Gene Chizik was a stupid guy until all of a sudden he popped up as UNC's defensive coordinator. It's like, what are you doing? Make <laughs> Auburn just pay you to sit home. You don't want to be at Chapel Hill. <laughs> uh, the So I, I think that what makes a lot of sense is if you are Ed Orgeron, uh, you go to ESPN and say, look, we both know how old Lee Corso is. We both know that he has had two significant um strokes we know that there were there was some real debate about whether or not you wanted him back out on the road this year before you finally made that decision don't make the decision tomorrow but let's go ahead and start building ed orgeron into being the guy that takes over for lee corso as the fun loving coach character on college game day I, to me since steve spurrier nobody has made more sense to to sort of build up in that model than Ed Orgeron. And I know like I've gotten a lot of messages on Twitter today, everybody thinking they're the first one to make the joke of, oh, they're going to have the subtitles on. <laughs> well, that's why you spend two years or a year even giving him media coaching. Like the, the stuff that you cannot teach, he has. The stuff he does not have, you can teach. Yeah, he has charisma. Absolutely. He has, he has energy. He has uh, an infectious enthusiasm uh, for whatever he seems to be doing, which has been football for the last 30 years. Mm -hmm. um, he is someone that I would listen to. And, and, and I've talked to you about this before. Ed Oshron's great for college football. He is yep. a great personality for college football. I liked him in the Southeastern Conference. I, I just I like him as a figure in the sport that oftentimes is too mercenary sort of with their coaches and, and, and with their assistants where it's all just – guys who were groomed to be coaches at some point. I like the guy like an Ed Ogeron who gives me a little bit of a throwback to old school football, but it's super charismatic, super fun to be around. And yeah, maybe I shouldn't be a, a pregnant wife of a board member, um, <laughs> but, I'm not, work out. <laughs> but I'm not going to be that on TV at least. Right. Like, so that's the other thing too. Like I, I thought about this a lot. Like I, he's damaged goods right now. He absolutely is. But you know, he's been damaged goods before and that's a part of his appeal, right? Is there's the redemption story. I mean, the first go round, 
he just and I don't mean his first go around as a head coach. I mean, like going back to his days as an assistant at Syracuse and, and Miami and, and, you know, way back in the late 80s, early 90s. Like this is a guy that fucked it all up because he couldn't get his drinking under control. Uh, and then, you know, he he does. He marries this woman that he's with for 23 years, who he gives a lot of credit to uh, helping him sort of refocus and, and turn his life around. And he gets that job at Ole Miss that includes him ripping off his shirt and threatening to fight people that were loyal to the previous coach. Goes down in flames, gets another redemption at USC. And, and even though I think now we know he never had a real chance of landing that job full time was a... Um, model interim coach after they fired Lane Kiffin eventually goes to the Saints doesn't like the lack of recruiting involved in the NFL then goes to LSU and all of a sudden finds himself as the head coach and granted Joe Oliva the athletic director who hired him just did an awful job I mean like there was no reason that Ed Orgeron should have been who they settled on, but they did. And because they did, I think college football fans got this nice little three to four year window that in such a short amount of time of experiencing any sort of success, like the the dude, like you say, he's good for the SEC, he's good for college football. Like, yeah, he reached icon status. I, I mean, can you name anybody else in college football that if I showed someone who doesn't watch the sport a picture, they would say, I don't know who that is. But if I played a recording of his voice, they would at least go, oh, that's the LSU guy. Yeah. And who doesn't have a Coach O impression? impression? Yeah, agree. Right. Right. Like it's so for, for me, it's it it's a slam dunk because it makes all the boxes that we would need to get checked for a replacement for Lee Corso easily checked. Right. He's got, go ahead. I was going to say, I, you know, I think about this a lot because this is my job is to, to think about media fits and and stuff like that. And by the way, his article is, uh, his piece is on barrettsportsmedia.com. Yeah. Um, I I think it's called Ed Orgeron's future in college football is at ESP or something like that. I, I titled it and I have no idea what I titled it. If you search Ed Ogeron, you probably aren't going to find a ton of articles. I was about to say, it might be one of like three that pop up on that site uh, with him. But, um, you know, I mean, like I, I think about and look at these guys all the time and think about who is a ready-made star, who at least has the pieces in place. And that's where I put Ed Ogeron. He's got the pieces in place. He wouldn't be a star if you walked on to a set tomorrow. You know, you and I have debated, like, I think Cam Newton, like, I, I why are you trying to come back in the NFL? You could be a superstar on television. You could be, you know, you could put Tony Romo in the dust in terms of being like that, that real likable character, whether it's uh, NFL or college football. He's not that. Ed Orgeron is not that, not ready to walk into a booth tomorrow, but it is so important. And I don't think people that have worked in this industry realize like there are things you just cannot teach. That There is a certain um, je ne sais quoi, if you will. Um, that you just kind of need in order to have the foundation of being a great broadcaster. And whether it is because of Ed Orgeron personally, or whether, and this, you like, you can't dismiss this, whether it's because of the environment he grew up in, which is a big celebratory sort of culture, that Louisiana Cajun culture, like he's got it. He's got it. And it would be a shame to let that, you know, fall by the wayside because he's damaged goods as a coach. It doesn't mean he's, he's not good to the sport elsewhere. So have you considered also he being like the next Tom Rinaldi type? (laughs) (laughs) 
just telling stories. Like he's constantly go. Who was the uh, Alabama kicker that they kept doing the story about his uh, family in Poland on? Oh, uh, oh, his family in Poland. Oh, I can't remember. Uh, Belovus, Joseph Belovus. No, no, no. It was the. I don't know where he's from. I can't remember the kid's name, but anytime he would miss a kick, I would text my two old college roommates back to back to Poland. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I really do love the idea of him doing those sort of emotional pieces. Uh, it was. <laughs> Derek Henry was friends with a little boy with cancer. <laughs> but but that's what the pieces are now. They are just four line. <laughs> Ed Orgeron does not have time for the bullshit he wants to cut to the chase. <laughs> uh, we got football and someone's dying. <laughs> so um, I think that this makes so much sense because we are also looking at like as much as you want to sort of talk about college game day, and I don't really watch it anymore. Mm-hmm. Ed Orgeron might get me back. Like that type of personality might get me back because let's face it, college game day is the show, right? It, it yeah. has become the show has become the destination and the attraction. That's, I, I will tell so, you, I had a lot of reaction on Twitter of people going, oh yeah, they got to do that now to keep up with big dude kickoff. And it's like, have you ever even looked at the ratings? <laughs> like, like big dude kickoff is nowhere in college game day's neighborhood. Yeah, it's um, it, it's a mainstay. It's a TV mainstay yeah. uh, in, in ESPN's lineup. So I understand you need to be kind of careful with wh- what you put there. But Lee Corso, and in all due respect to that guy, the best thing about Lee Corso is like the night before or morning of videos that Kirk Herbstreit <laughs> puts out on Twitter <laughs> where he's just like hiding somewhere or stealing Cokes from a machine or something <laughs> like that. Like. That's the best part. And I love that part. Like I would pay money for that feed. Like if that was the only thing I got. So listen, I want to make this perfectly clear. I am not saying Kirk Herbstreet is not a genuine person. I'm not saying that his relationship with Lee Corso is not real, that like the real true love that it is portrayed. I I believe it is genuine. However, what I will say is Kirk Herbstreet is a pro on tv he can have chemistry maybe not that chemistry but he can have chemistry with anybody kirk herbstreet reveres college football coaches right like you cannot tell me that he would not be a really great or or maybe i should say you cannot tell me ed orgeron would not continue to bring out the best of kirk herbstreet on that i I think he would because i think the number one thing that you need from a, a coach type is the willingness to sort of be able to accept and take audible punishment and give it back and have a rat-tat-tat with somebody and have a back and forth to where it's not just you ask me question, I give you answer kind of thing, yeah. which is, again, why we talk about giving him this year or so to train. Again, I'm not, I don't know if you want to kick Corso out after that, but – He's at least replaced David Pollock on the temporary I, like crew. Like, and I, I like he's at least that. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I have said for a couple of years now. I mean, like last season to me was was perfect. I thought it was clearly Corso was more comfortable at his home uh, rather than traveling. Now that being said, he loves to travel. He loves to be a part of the show. And if you could figure out a version of Lee Corso being on the show where he is there, he does the headgear segment. He maybe does, you know, one more segment throughout the course of the show, but Ed Orgeron is the coaching presence or whoever is the coaching presence on that show more full time. I think that's perfect. You know, whether or not that's ever going to happen, I I don't know. But what I would say um, is that I think one thing that whoever ends up taking over uh, that coach spot on that show 
is going to have to understand. And this is why I think a year of training would be very necessary is pay attention. Watch it this weekend. It's a lot of jocularity and everybody talking over each other Mm -hmm. until Kirk speaks. When Kirk speaks, it's very clear. This is the star of the show. This is the guy that this is all built around. And I think that when you are a coach, particularly a college football coach, where there is, you know, I think we're learning this with Urban Meyer right now down in Jacksonville. Like there are guys that just cannot let go of that deference. You're assumed your players are always going to give you. I think that's going to be the biggest hurdle for anybody to overcome. Orgeron in particular, because Orgeron is used to being the life of the party. Yeah, and and I and I think uh, a fascinating part to be for for me to pay attention to is that if you think about sort of the panel as it is, Reese Davis sort of as mm-hmm. as the host, and Desmond Howard and and Coach and 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 uh, Kirk Herbstreet. If you're going to have to replace one, whichever one it would be, obviously we're talking about Lee Corso at this point. They could use a, a, an influx of new, fresh energy and, enth- and enthusiasm and personality. A- like, absolutely. I you mean, definitely look, change the levels of the personalities on that panel. And I think it makes it a ton more watchable. Yeah. I mean, listen, I, I think that obviously, given the Rachel Nichols story, when people think about Maria Taylor leaving ESPN, they tend to associate it with the NBA because, because of, you know, the, the Rachel Nichols comments. To me, I think the biggest thing that ESPN lost in that was they lost their future of game day. Because I think I've even told you this, like, I think they should replace Reese Davis or thought they should have replaced Reese Davis with Maria Taylor, like, yesterday, right? Like, I I mean, I I thought that she would just had a little bit more of a natural rapport um, with the younger guys on the panel and that was because it's significant because Desmond Howard's a younger guy that started on that panel right there. David Pollock sort of being a younger guy. Yeah, like David Pollock's only like two years older than me, I think. Um, (laughs) So like there's the old guy and there's and then there's uh, with Lee Corso. There's the in between with uh, like uh, Kirk Herbstreet. Uh, But but even still, like Herbstreet has been on the show only like five years less than Corso. So even he feels like an old guy. Right. And and this isn't to say you want to move everybody out. It's just like. If you look at game day and you look at big noon kickoff and to me, like they're not even in the same stratosphere in terms of quality, like big noon kickoff is a bunch of big names that constantly look like they are afraid to be on camera. Um, But I think what you have with big noon kickoff is a core that is going to grow together. There's not really a future right now for game day in terms of like, you can't see the pieces put together yet. I like that. I like that sort of thought is that, you know, like, even though you sort of quietly got out, um, uh, oh, uh, what's his name? Chris Fowler. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you sort of quietly had tried to move a piece through there. You're right. I don't think that there is like a, I think some people sort of look at uh, like a David Pollock as a guy that could ascend to a better spot, but like on the panel, who's he going to replace Desmond Howard? Desmond Howard's fine. Yeah, um, Lee Corso. The he's, no, is he replaced Kirk Herbstreit? No, is he going to host it like Reese Davis or Marie Taylor? I, I agree with you by the way. Marie Taylor would have been great uh, uh, for that. No, so he's going to be stuck down there doing sort of the more quote on the feet on on that yeah. field kind of stuff. And and, and so, look, I mean the the thing is that, and I don't know how you feel about Pollock. Like to me, Pollock feels like, like I, yeah, I like, like I look at Pollock as like oh, like. 
Marty Smith does the same stuff and he's actually trained to. So just get out of the fucking way. You know, I mean, yeah. that's, and that's much the better. way I look at Pollock. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's much, David Pollock is for, for me, completely uninteresting to listen to. Like, like, I feel like he sees a set of notes that ESPN sends out with stats and he says, I'm going to pick a handful and I'm going to repeat them to you. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, I don't, I don't even dislike Pollock. I think on college football live, like that's the kind of show he's built for. I just don't think he is particularly like I just look at Pollock and go, that's the one you picked? Like that's the fifth panelist of game day? Was he the only applicant? Like there exactly. had to be somebody else to well, And that's the thing too. Like now, right? Like I look at that uh panel and go like or look at the the landscape of who all they have and like I mean Mike Golick Jr. would be fantastic on that show. I even think Jesse Palmer would be better on that show. I'm not a big Mike Gullick Jr. guy, mainly because it's hard for me to separate him and his dad. Like I know that they're talking about certain things, but they, like they, I see because all they white see, people look the same to you. That's how I see it. Sure, I see all racist. white people look the same. In fact, mm-hmm. you look a lot like Mike Gullick Jr. If I want to be, be honest with you, like mm. you look the same to me, and also you look the same as uh, you know um, um, Joseph R. Biden. Um, <laughs> I don't even know if that's his middle name. No, Arky, I, I got to be honest with you. It took me a second to think about who that was. Yeah, like uh, I was trying to think of another white guy that was prominent that people would know. Um, you'd already took Jesse Palmer, so that was my yeah. second best. Yeah, I mean so. that is that is the number one white guy. Um, but Jesse Palmer's hosting The Bachelor or something. I was about now. to say, know. doesn't that sort of feel like you ascend to the top of the white pyramid if you are hosting The Bachelor? <laughs> it kind of is, right? <laughs> like you, you were on The Bachelor. Oh, you, you are football. very white, sir. Very white. People forget it wasn't that long ago that he and um, Brent Musburger were opening up uh, South Carolina, um, Texas A&M. Texas A&M, battle. yeah. I was, I was just SEC having Network. this conversation with someone today because they said because someone asked me like, oh, would SEC Network be where Orgeron goes instead of ESPN? It's like, dude, look at the history of SEC Network. If you went there, it's pretty clear he's going to end up at ESPN. Yeah, there, there's some dudes that like Jordan Rogers is going to end up somewhere. Yeah, um, I mean, but but even think about like day one talent at SEC Network, Marcus Spears, Greg McElroy, Maria Taylor, Laura Rutledge, like they're all doing OK. Laura Rutledge spent like seven straight days covering every sport, like like just, <laughs> just last week. Like it was just right. like it, it, superstars can be built from there. And agreed. You know they, they already got pros like Tom Hart, who is one of the best uh, play-by-play guys uh, out there right now. Cole Kubik's a great analyst who uh, needs to be back in sort of a booth. Um, Jordan Rogers is going to end up. Dude, I don't know. Like he sounds, he, he sounds more. He's grown on me. He sounds more the part. He seems like he's more interactive with the game itself. Like he's going to end up somewhere like that. That team shouldn't be on SEC Network, even though SEC Network's pretty like I, that's still a pretty good spot to be in overall sure. in life, right? Uh, but like, but like at some point, let them call something other than Arkansas, Western Carolina. <laughs> I was going to say like. <laughs> That crew, I wouldn't have minded listening to um, do the Auburn Penn State game or sure. something on, on uh, or um, um, hell, I don't know. Pick any I, of the I games that say, Chris Fowler's doing with Kirk Herbstreit. There is only one day one SEC network hire that was a dud. There's only one. Who? Tim Tebow. <laughs> Yo, man, can I tell you something? He's terrible. Uh, he's terrible genuinely the worst, like big name broadcaster I've ever seen. And we all sat through Pete Rose on Fox <laughs> in baseball. Yeah, we we did. We watched. Um, oh, uh, what was it? Uh, we watched. Um, 
Oh, Regis Philman on Fox Sports One. Oh, right? sure, sure. <laughs> Where, by like, the way, do you remember happening? who his do you remember who his partner was on Fox Sports One? Oh yeah, you're gonna have to trigger my memory. Katie Nolan. Yes. <laughs> yeah, just, <laughs> I just read something like that two weeks ago. It's like, ooh, what is I this? mean, like she was one of many, but like he was the only one that was there, or she was the only one that was actually in studio with him. No, look, there there have been a lot of like what would you call? I mean, not swings and misses, but like, oh, okay, you're there because of your name. Right, like, didn't I see? Yeah. Isn't isn't ESPN bringing Magic Johnson back? Like, has anyone ever listened to Magic Johnson speak about basketball and say, "Ah, interesting"? Mm-hmm. No, good no. good point, Madge. <laughs> that's right, and that's what they call him for sure. Madge. Yeah, of course it is. <laughs> ah, nice one, Madge. Anyway, <laughs> anyway that's a classic Madge. Classic <laughs> Madge. Um, okay, I think that's where we're going to wrap it up. I think it's a very good idea. Uh, to sort of play with that personality because I don't think a Nick Saban type sort yeah. of makes the most like he's got the gravitas clearly, but I don't think the back and forth rapport would sort of be there. And almost kind of honestly, Nick Saban's too big, right? Like I think for game day and that crew to sort of to where it wouldn't be the Knicks or like wouldn't be tempted to be like, let's only listen to Saban because clearly there's so much victory behind him. See, to me, I think of Dabo more in that way than Saban because Dabo is just a bigger personality. Like he's he's been one of the dominant coaches oh, of this. I don't sport. even necessarily mean personality. I say what you're saying. I just seen like the 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 gravity of who he is. Yeah, I mean, like, like I could definitely see, and you see this when he's on the panel. You know, in those like what two years he hasn't been playing in the national championship game is <laughs> like they do defer to him. Like they do want to hear what he has to say. But I, I do kind of agree with you. Like the mystique and aura goes away if he's there every single Saturday. Oh my God! Can you imagine the first time he like he slips up and you know, <laughs> or uh, like instead of like he picks up a helmet and like, thinks ah fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> what? Okay, okay, I kind of get that though although right. to be fair we have seen lee corso say that very thing that's what i was referencing <laughs> and do you think that's the when, when when he's finally retired is that the greatest lee corso moment ever it's pretty good i mean like it is it, it is certainly the most memorable i think if you are talking about celebrity interaction on uh, the celebrity guest picker it's going to be tough to top Katy Perry, but just the <laughs> ah, fuck it is, is pretty wonderful. Oh, Katy Perry's probably the best celebrity picker. Although Jeff Foxworthy, who played at, who went to Georgia Tech, I think uh, was necessary. Arky, <laughs> I'm not ashamed to say this. I think I've told you before. I still think Jeff Foxworthy's pretty damn funny. <laughs> <laughs> well, you might be a fan. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I still sometimes think about if you walk your child to school because you're in the same grade. Like, it makes me giggle. <laughs> I was I, real quick and then I'll wrap it up. I was watching just before Jeff Foxworthy came up last week and I rarely watch this show, but they did like the scoreboard of who's like the guest yeah. pickers uh, right, right before. And like. I knew one of the names, I think. Maybe I, I made names. this joke on Twitter and I couldn't believe how many people were like, yeah, me too. It's like, <laughs> if you are a white dude that does not like country music and does not like golf, if the celebrity guest picker is a white guy that's younger than you, fuck it. You're going to have no idea who that person is. <laughs> yeah, I just sat there and was like, all right. So, I mean, I know Foxworthy, right? Like he's, <laughs> and he, he's coming up and the leader was some dude I've never heard of who was like nine and two and I'm supposed to be like, great do i buy his picks now or yeah. like what am i supposed what do i do with this <laughs> bring back big boy from outcast he brought a pet owl when he was the guest picker now now if you're going to have a celebrity picker you you gotta go big i thought uh fox sports one big noon a uh, big nude saturday had uh um, sure 
uh, Big E from uh, WWE. Oh, right. Yes, I saw that. But he played at Iowa, and he was wearing like the the the, the black and gold uh, overalls mm-hmm. and, like that, that that the mascot wears, and um, that was fun and interesting and entertaining and different. Um, I, I would not, be but like surprised. I don't want you to show up in like a like a Georgia shirt and be like. Here's my pick for UTEP, UTSA. Yeah, I, I I can't remember. Give me an L. Give me an L. Yeah. Um, yeah. By the way, can I end with a Jeff Foxworthy fact for you? Oh, sure. I was hoping. You, you knew this is what I was trying to get to, right? Yeah, of course. Okay. Only man to be a national spokesperson for both Shoney's and Golden Rule. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.